Hello, this is Mark O'Kane, award-winning film actor from such cinematic masterpieces as A Muppet's Christmas Carol, I played Scrooge, and Jaws for the Revenge, where I played a man named after a fucking sandwich. But it paid for me summer home, where I spend most of my time with my lovely wife, Shakira. You are listening to They Must Be Destroyed on Sight, a podcast about film. Most people did not know that. That aroma starts even starting with me. Beautiful. Just permeated. That's really are listening to they must be destroyed on site the following podcast contains adult language adult situations and spoilers for the movies discussed occur often you've been warned now take it away dr roush they must be destroyed on site back it is they must be destroyed on site episode 222 and i'm your host lee evidence of alligator nesting russell uh i'm joined by my co-host daniel the country's leading herpetologist harper how are you doing sir doing well i didn't realize that uh, michael kane was doing cameos um, he he uh, goes very cheap now i mean i've been sending him around doing voice messages messages lately uh he, he hasn't disclosed that, but I have been paying him off, but it's been very cheap. It, it's way cheaper than Cameo, actually. All right. Well, nice. Good to, good to know. Just a little blackmail is all, is all it takes. Yeah. Not even blackmail. He, uh, he's just like, I, I just, he just needed some extra money, I guess. I mean, Shakira's an expensive woman. <laughs> I mean... Uh, that's, that's how that's how it is. I mean, the, there there are some recent ones I've paid for that are going to show up soon on some other person's podcast, and we'll get to that really soon oh, here. Wow, okay. uh, that is uh, Matt. He was out on medication most of the time that he was here. Simpson, how are you doing, sir? <laughs> doing good. So wait, are you saying when Michael Caine called in to Movie Melt, mm-hmm. you paid him to do that? Yeah. He didn't do it by his own free will. No. Oh man, I, cl- I clued him in. Okay, because yeah, he just talked shit the entire time. He was a little irritated, but he was all right with the money I paid him. Okay, that, uh, fair enough. Well, that's good. Um, yeah, anytime Michael Caine wants to call, uh, please, for the love of God, have him call us. Um, okay, <laughs> sorry about Jaws for uh, you were great, man. He's still a little sore about it, but uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll try to smooth it out with, with him. You know, he was like. He, I mean, I, I don't do the accent so well, but he was sort of like, those fucking people over there in the fucking podcast were not showing me the proper respect. 
that sounds so, that's not a very good impression, but yeah, you know, I mean, you know, Michael Caine. Sorry, Lee. Yeah, I'm, it's, I mean, what can I do? I, I did not win an award for Jaws for the Revenge, like. He, <laughs> but, <so. laughs> but yeah, yeah, we we have we have Matt uh, again, uh, the major domo from uh, the Companeros radio network and uh it's a pleasure to have you back sir Dude, glad to be here thanks for inviting me mm-hmm. and uh, i am so stoked to talk about alligator i am so glad you asked me on well that's the movie we're doing D- daniel was that the movie we we're doing i i thought we were doing close encounters of the third kind oh, oh fuck yeah oh, well, we'll, we'll crocodile. try no crocodile right crocodile, yeah, yeah we'll try to merge all these together <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, we, we, we do have some uh, comments to get through here first. So uh, I'll get to the text comments first. And we also have an audio comment to play. So uh, we'll do that. Uh, but first we have um, Martin Stone Hennessy on the Facebook group. He has two comments here. First one's uh, pertaining to our previous episode, The Invisible Ray. He basically just says, Invisible Rays certainly are budget-friendly, uh, are, are a budget-friendly choice. And yes, they are. That. I mean, if if you want special effects in a movie from, what was it, 1935? Yeah, 36. Yeah, yeah. 36, 35, whatever. Yeah, make him invisible. Just talk about him. Um, then he goes on about Alligator. He says, I was eight when this aired on network TV, and it was terrifying. Um, I remember being frightened by the commercial even, and the way the announcer said, all a gator. I don't. I don't know if I've seen that uh, fucking uh, commercial for it, but uh, I'll take your word for it. And <laughs> thanks for the comments. Can um, I drop a little bit of uh, knowledge that uh-huh. I learned from the commentary um, about this? So, yes. um, they independently released it theatrically, mm-hmm. which uh, obviously they didn't get much exposure, so it didn't do that well in the theaters. But then they sold it to ABC for two airings. Uh, for $3 million and they doubled mm. their budget with that. <laughs> and that was one of the highest amounts of money that any movie had got to air on TV. Nice. So, mm. uh, yeah. Interesting. And the, obviously he remembered it. So that's, uh, he didn't remember seeing it in theaters. He remembered it, seeing it on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we have a couple of YouTube comments here. Uh, one of them's terrible. One of them is questionable. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get into this. So, uh, and and this is this kind of the uh, epitome of the comments I've been getting the last two weeks on the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, our YouTube episode of that. Um, Jorge Amando Zapata says, "Fake liar," and that's probably the nicest <laughs> comment I've gotten out of that. <laughs> you know, he's people not saying you're a liar. He's saying you're a fake liar. I'm a yeah, fake you know, liar. He's you know like it's more on there. He's yeah. saying you're he's saying you're an honest man. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I, I I'm just, you know, I'm could I don't know how our podcast has gotten to a certain little niche of of YouTube in like the sort of Spanish Latino speaking community, but it has. And it has just brought on a me- an immense amount of people expecting the actual movie and they're just really fucking angry with us. Like, they do not like us at all, but, you know. Uh, thank- you get a click, that's enough. You clicked it, on it. 
we exactly, won. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Thanks. Thanks for the engagement. That'd be great. If I actually made money off of those videos on YouTube, I'd, I'd be I'd be fucking sitting pretty, but I can't do it because I I don't edit out the music or anything like that, so we get copyright no, strikes. Well, well yeah. whatever. Uh, so someone called uh, Spizzardo on our Flesh Gordon one and two episode. Mm. That, that's a while back. Yeah. And here's the weird thing: I didn't listen back to the episode, so I don't know if we mentioned this or not in the episode. But he says vampire lovers yeah i'd do ingrid pitt but i'd rather madeline smith okay yeah congratulations <laughs> yeah congrats we probably, up, we probably brought up vampire lovers in that maybe episode, maybe we did. we did yeah like it's a thing we do sometimes just bring up vampire lovers you know <laughs> i'm kind of more of a grandpa munster type of guy yeah, you know, <laughs> fair, that's fair <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So we can move on from that. Uh, we we have an audio comment here. So this is from someone that we're now familiar with on this podcast that uh, Matt is very familiar with. Oh, uh, I know this. Yeah, you know, you know who this fucking guy is. But uh, he's gotten a lot nicer. He he's gotten uh, with with the COVID. He has become much more of a kinder, gentler person. He truly has. So, yeah. So this is from Vaughn. Lee. Daniel Vaughn here. Now, you're going to talk about Alligator. Now, this year, it's the first time I ever watched this film, during the 31 Days of Horror, you know, Halloween challenges people do. Um, enjoy the hell out of it. You know what I mean? It's it's a fun and crazy little flick. Um, a friend of mine had it on their Plex. And I was like, yeah, fuck it, let me just watch this. You know, watching this cooking dinner, you know, with the TV right there, and I'm just, uh, I think I, I burnt um, a couple pieces of fish. <laughs> and redo the whole meal, um, kind of really because because it's just great. You have you have Fo Robert Forrester and fucking what's his name uh, Henry Silva. It's such a, a and it's such a kind of weird rip off of Jaws, um, you know, with the largest fucking alligator and shit like that. The whole fucking concept of how the alligator gets down there becomes who it is, and you have Henry Silva running around with a fucking shotgun when he gets eaten alive, like pretty much just swallowed whole. By the fucker, you're like, holy shit, and the guy who runs in there who's watching the guy watching the fucking alligator eat him, it's like, fuck. I hope this is the film you're talking about. It's the only alligator I know, unless you're talking about Killer Crocodile, which I haven't seen. Oh, and then, like, you know, you have these actors in here, you're just like, what the hell is going on? The Robert Forrester, who is, you know, a leading man, in my opinion, in my eyes, a leading fucking man who kind of got shafted, I guess, maybe because he had bad representation, but he would pop up in these weird little films in the set in the late seventies and eighties, and you're like, okay. But he does such a great fucking job uh, playing this kind of you know detective who puts on he's been put on this fucking case, and then he meets the girl whose alligator it is that's causing havoc, and you have all those great scenes of the alligator running around through town, and it's definitely like it's definitely a combination of a robot and a live alligator just shot with miniatures. It's a fun time. It's a real fun time. And I've been really enjoying the kind of stuff. I know the fact that you guys are doing this, going back and forth, but it's really fun. I really liked, you know, the Invisible Ray conversation I thought was really fun and Mad Love I thought was great. Um, you know, I think your podcast, out of the many podcasts I listen to, um, even though it is two men talking about shit or sometimes maybe three men, uh, I think you guys don't um, browbeat or, you know, make the audience of non-men, if there are any, 
um, feel belittled. Like, hey, you don't know shit. You know, I, I enjoy this show because of that. <laughs> you know, you guys are very... The fun the fact is the fact that you guys are very cordial with each other and seem to know each other very well. And you can just tell that you guys are doing a real fun... You really have a fun time talking to each other. Uh, I don't know if anyone else is going to be on here besides you or Lee and Daniel. But, you know, you can drag... You know, keep it going, guys. Um... And I'll keep listening. Thanks. Nice. Well, thank you, Vaughn. And um, this whole yeah, thing. Yeah, that's a different Vaughn. I don't know that guy. Yeah. That guy way too nice. Sounded identical, but boy. Uh, this whole thing with me and Daniel, that's all for show. I mean, I pay him really well to be nice to me on this this podcast. Yeah, um, oh, dude. Michael Caine and Vaughn. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a this is a purely financial relationship. Yeah, I mean he's he's paid very well, but um, no, no, no. Thank you, Vaughn. Uh, very nice message, and um, yeah, I. We'll we'll get into our alligator review, but uh, yeah, he's right though. Please, you guys have a good show. So. Please just continue to tell us how great we are. Those are the kinds of comments. Yeah, you like yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can do that every episode, Vaughn, if you want to send send those in. Tell us how fucking great we are. Yeah. Just like hug on our ball sacks. Just the last, the just, just talk about the last few episodes and just go, man, that last one you did great. The one you did that not as good as the most recent one, but still very good. I mean, every yeah. episode is just better than the last. Those are the kinds of, that's the level of sycophancy that we expect from our audience. So. Just mm-hmm. when I thought you guys couldn't get any better, you <laughs> <laughs> went beyond my expectation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but from that, we can move on to what we've watched lately. Um, so, did I can't remember. Did you have anything, Daniel? You wanted to mention? I I watched a few things. Nothing that we really have to talk about. Um, you know, we could just move on. So, okay, uh, Matt, do you have anything you you want to mention? Uh, I started a list on Letterbox <coughs> called uh, "Let's Go Mall Shopping This Christmas," uh-huh. and so this Christmas, like last uh, you know year, I watched all the horror ones that I wanted to for the most part. And, uh, yeah, I'm pretty good on most Christmas movies. There's a couple that actually popped up in this mall search, though, um, that are Christmas-themed that I had never heard of. But, um, yeah, you know, I've watched Chopping Mall, um, Mm -hmm. Phantom of the Mall, uh, Fast Times. Um, Have you ever seen Possibly in Michigan? No. Mm. Okay. It's like a 12-minute short. uh, I I don't really know how to even describe it. It's like kind of arty farty, but uh, with mannequins and shit in a mall. And it's fucking awesome. It's, I mean, like it's a five star 12 minute thing. So (laughs) Michigan, uh, check that out. Um, And uh, yeah, this one that I discovered today that I really want to check out. uh, It's Patrick Swayze's last film called Christmas in Wonderland Wonderland from 2007. And uh, it's got Chris Kattan, Carmen I'm just imagining, I'm just imagining a Michael Jackson reference here. <laughs> and, uh, I don't think he's in it. Maybe he makes a cameo. He's yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. All right. But yeah, All right. Tim Curry, Chris Kattan, Carmen Electra, Patrick Swayze, and uh, three kids and their dad move from L.A. to Edmonton, where they <laughs> go shopping at the West Edmonton Mall. Yeah. The cash. Um, and, and they inadvertently help to catch the crooks and later make a discovery about Santa. I mean, come on. Uh, I'm, I'm totally into that. So, uh, yeah, I think that's next on my watch list is Christmas in Wonderland. 
Yeah, um, that sounds that sounds uh, that sounds interesting. See, I and you know I'm the worst Canadian, so I don't know if the West Edmonton Mall is even the biggest mall anymore because it was for a while. It it was like you know it had like almost like a theme park in it and like oh, you wow. know, all kinds of shit going on, <laughs> like kind of. Okay, because I was reading the reviews and everybody said that this mall was like one of the sickest malls ever. So. It w- it was one of the biggest, if not the biggest ever, for a period of time. But uh, I, I I don't know how it's fared now, where malls pretty much across across yeah. the globe have died. Yeah, the yeah. biggest mall in the world today is to have got about four stores. That's that's yeah. Totally, you know? <laughs> yeah, watch this documentary a little while back um, that my friend Dan. Dan Gorman, you know, Dan Gorman, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I, I know who he is. I haven't talked to him, but yeah, yeah, he uh, recommended it. It's called Jasper mall and it's about a mall in Alabama that is like, like you said, four stores in a place that probably holds 32 and <laughs> just kind of like they followed these people around for a long time because they're very comfortable on camera and, um, yeah, it's just about like the guy who cleans up around the place and the people that work at the salon and the lady at the fake flowers store and then all the old people that play chess there. And, <laughs> um, it's awesome. It's really, really good. Nice. So I think that might have inspired it um, subconsciously going into the right mall. And the fact that the malls are just going to go away after COVID. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of theaters as well. <laughs> yeah, theaters, think- rest in peace, right? Yeah, I think I think they're pretty much dead. Uh, I mean, they might come back. They I've, at this point, they might be what drive-ins have been in the last few years, yeah. kind of like you know, kind of thing. It, it, it feels like it, like with Warner Brothers, like just basically saying, "Yeah, we're just going to release the <laughs> Wonder Woman '84. We're just putting on digital streaming, whatever." Yeah. Well, they'll release it in theaters. They're just doing like same day release, which is mm-hmm. the, you know like so. If your theater happens to be open, you can go see it in the theater. But yeah. ultimately, we got to do something with these fucking movies. That's kind of where that landed, right? They're um, they're all they're yeah. all sitting on like hundred million, two hundred million dollar films that they need to write off their books real quick. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, eventually everything's just going to be like a twenty dollars same day purchase, or you know, you can go to the theater and see it. And Dude, uh, you guys remember Movie Pass? Holy shit. <laughs> 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 those were good days weren't they yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of like the thing where you first like found out about it you're like well how are they making money off of this and the answer this was they weren't they weren't <laughs> there's something up with this there's no way yeah. <laughs> and, i mean it, yeah it was destined to fail there's no way it was one of those venture capital things where they thought like yeah what we're going to do is we're going to get this huge market share in this and then once we have a huge enough this is how all like tech companies work right once we have everybody on earth in this thing and we can sell all the data about what movies people are seeing and what people see together, et cetera, et cetera. Once we have all that data, we can sell the data and then start jacking up prices or work out some way where the theaters are going to pay us money or the studios are going to pay us money. And ultimately it was just like, no, that's not, that's not, it's not going to happen. Nope. I just saw a movie a day at the theater for $9 a month. (laughs) 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 Um, The only thing I'll mention, uh, I have watched quite a bit of stuff, but I'll, I'll just mention this because it, it sort of piqued my interest. Um, I've been trying to like go back into the Hammer catalog and mm-hmm. like sort of like clear off stuff I haven't seen or haven't seen in a long time. Um, I watched Scars of Dracula from 1970. Uh, I don't remember which 
Dracula film this is in the series, but it, you know, it's, 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 it's a few entries in, um, this was the one where it's like, they weren't sure they were going to get Christopher Lee back. So, uh, they were almost the initial scripts for this where they were, they were going to reboot it basically. So they were even thinking of doing reboots back in 1970. So, you know, well, kids yeah. these days reboot ain't a new thing, brother. It, it, totally. it, it It's been around forever. Um, but uh, it's actually pretty good because, uh, and you can see why Christopher Lee got sucked back into it. Uh, you know, if if you hear interviews from Christopher Lee, he says basically uh, the only reason I kept doing these films is because there was a dedicated like production team that would have been out of a job <coughs> if 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 I didn't come back for it, right? Basically, kind of thing. So he came back, but. There's a lot of the original text from the uh, Dracula novel in this. Like, you can tell it's a reboot. You can tell that um, they were, you know, we got to bring this element from the original Dracula novel and this element and bring it back in. And so they do that. And Christopher Lee gets to do a lot of shit. He gets to say a lot of lines. He gets to kill people. It's almost a slasher film at certain points. But it's also... Uh, it's it's a 1970, so this is where Hammers like decided we got to bring some titties and some blood into these films. We got to really amp this stuff up and compete with like America and stuff. At the same time, <coughs> we got no money for sets; they're gonna look like shit. We got no money for vampire bats, so they're gonna like look like dog shit. And there's a lot of vampire bats in this film that look like dog shit. There is a vamp... Dracula comes back to life in this film from a vampire bat dropping blood from its mouth onto his remains. It's like a fucking mama bird feeding a baby bird. (laughs) (laughs) And it's kind of bad, but at the same time, this movie is actually kind of enjoyable and good. Like, if you can get past, like, that kind of bullshit... It's actually pretty good because Christopher Lee gets to just like fucking slay it when he when he comes back and does shit. So it's kind of, it's, it's kind of enjoyable on that sort of term. Um, but this is like a break in continuity for the Dracula films and the Hammer series. As far as the Dracula films goes, uh, their continuity was fairly good up to this point. The, like their Frankenstein Frankenstein films or Mummy films no continuity at all. They were just like bullshit as far as that goes. But here is where they kind of broke continuity of the Dracula films. And at the same time, still worth seeing. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. So sweet. Yeah. That yeah. sounds good. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, we're going to play some podcast promos, a little bit of music, and we're going to come back and talk about alligator. You ungodly warlock. Motion Picture Massacre is dedicated to exploitation, cult, grindhouse, and horror films from the last 7,500 fucking years. I don't fucking know. It's everything. If you're interested in that, check out motionpicturemassacre.com or if you're on iTunes, search Motion Picture Massacre and you'll find it. This has been your announcer, Cowardly Fuck Your Bags, signing off. Eat a dick. Uh, there's this show called Movie Melt, and you probably know about it. 
Uh, and it's once every two... I have no idea how often this is uploaded. <laughs> and it's a show where a bunch of compañeros get together and we play some fun games, trivia mainly. Uh, we talk about new releases. Uh, we have some fun games where we try and guess the title of a movie based on stuff that really probably religious people write on IMDb. <laughs> Yeah, it takes about 20 hours to record. There's always a failure midway through. Uh, and then the highlight of the week of the, of the show is um, reviewing a movie. Usually it's kind of a interesting, lesser known cult type movie. And it's uh, quite enjoyable. It sounds good in theory, yes. <laughs> I might have a listen one day. Oh. Wow. You ungodly warlock. Okay, Alligator from 1980. It lives 50 feet beneath the streets. It's 36 feet long. It weighs over 2,000 pounds. And it's about to break out. We're looking at the one we saw, and it was big. You said it was dark. Now, perhaps you were mistaken. Ah! An alligator half that size would starve in a week. Once it escaped, there was no way to stop it. It could be anywhere. Ready to attack at any moment. Now I've seen what this animal can do. You'd better take all the help you can get. At first, no one believed it. Now, no one will forget it. Alligator. Directed by Lewis Teague, um, who is one of these guys, and this is going to be a sort of continued story here on this as far as credits go. One of these guys who worked himself up under uh, Roger Corman's New World Pictures. Mm -hmm. um, 
he started out editing. He edited uh, Cockfighter from 1974, which is well worth seeing if people oh, have not yeah. seen it. So good. Warren Oates, man, in that mm-hmm. plays yeah. a mute. Well, he's not a mute, but he refuses to talk until because he drunkenly loses his prize cock in a yeah. fight and uh, refuses to talk until next year when he soberly wins the cockfighting competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's a great movie. Uh, and he also edited Crazy Mama from 75. Uh, he was the second unit director and assistant editor on Death Race 2000 from 75. Second unit director on Samuel Fuller's The Big Red One in 1980. Uh, he directed two Stephen King properties, uh, Cujo from 83 and Cat's Eye from 85. And went on to direct uh, Jewel of the Nile from 1985. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of the big stuff from him. Uh, this is written by John Sayles. Uh, we've we've already talked about him on Lone Star, but uh, you know, Eight Men Out, Men with Guns. He is currently credited as a writer on the upcoming Django Lives film with Franco Nero. If that ever happens, what? Yes, Franco Nero is going to do Django again. That has been in the works for several years now, and if it happens, he is. The writer cre- currently credited on it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. One that I, I one movie that Lewis Teague did that I think is important to mention is uh, Wedlock, aka Deadlock, with Rudger Hauer mm. and Mimi Rogers. Uh, we covered it on Movie Melt, and uh, highly recommended. I mean, it's total <laughs> bullshit, but it is awesome bullshit. Just kind of like Alligator in the same way, where yeah. this should be a complete throwaway movie. But somehow, uh, Louis Teague, against all odds, makes a fucking awesome, awesome picture in uh, five weeks. And no, uh, yeah, no, Louis Teague knows his shit. Like, he, he he's, he's he's one of those guys who's like, like all these people come into the fucking Corman school, mm-hmm. they they know they they go through <laughs> the different fucking departments, like, they 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 fucking learn the craft. It, it's kind of like a more smaller more sort of you know um super sped up version of like the italian film industry back in that day where it's like you know you'll you'll have people like dario argento and shit who who'd work up from being like screenwriters to director and finally directing their films and it would take like a period of like 10 years or more with the roger corman thing you get these guys like doing a couple things within a couple of years and then they'd be directing for Corman after that, you know, by year three or year four. And then they'd go on to be, you know, fucking actual directors in Hollywood and, sh- and shit like that. Right. You know? Yeah. They're, I mean, they're journeymen. You just mm-hmm. give them something to do and it will be done <clears throat> in five weeks uh, at budget. They will make it happen. They're not going to do very many reshoots unless there's like some issue, but for the most part, you got reliable people that can make stuff happen. They're not going to be too concerned about, you know, like, let's do multiple takes. They're just going to mm-hmm. get it done first take. And, uh, yeah. Well, it also, Cor- that too, like yeah. with movies, you know? And I mean, Corman wasn't going to let him do multiple takes, too. Corman's no. going to be like, you, you shoot it for this money and you get no more money. So do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's ingrained in them, even beyond <clears throat> Corman, you know, like that they're going to be like, we're making this happen mm-hmm. very fast, under budget or at budget, and uh, yeah, like 
Louis Teague's pretty good, man. You, you look at any movie in his catalog. I think I watched like nine movies of his when we covered his, uh, him. And uh, I was not disappointed once. There was not one thing that I saw that was not worth checking out. I mean, there, there, there's so many greats who came out from under Corman. And, there's, yeah. you know, and there's, there's so many other people who just had like super solid careers. And like you can't you can't really argue with their work like it 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 they 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 had that sort of like beat into them and the sad thing to say is like that feels like one or two generations that are really dying away now that you don't see anymore kind of thing but okay at the same time there's people like ron howard Mm -hmm. that get too much time to make a movie and that's a problem <laughs> they better with five weeks <clears throat> gas or something it, like that's when uh like what was the other one that he did um but uh i'm blanking but yeah give ron howard five weeks to make a movie it's going to be a lot better than if you give him six months mm. so um yeah i think those time constraints that roger corman put on was for a reason you got a lot of energy and people are ready to go the actors are all like on it and uh it's a different vibe but yeah i mean that generation is definitely dying out i mean they're all in their 60s and 70s at this point Mm -hmm. yeah corman's corman is 90s now maybe i think he's 115 (laughs) at the very uh, yeah in movie years he definitely is i guess um so this is starring uh robert forrester is uh david madison and we don't need to go over robert forrester's credits i mean if you don't know what he's done i don't know why you watch movies quite frankly um he's great uh robin Riker is uh marissa kindle uh most of her stuff is tv um a lot of she, Disney artists, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, she did high, a couple episodes of Highway to Heaven. Her big series, apparently, is Brothers, which I just don't know. I don't know what that is. Uh, as far as movie credits, she had a few after this. Uh, what sort of piqued my interest, and this kind of feels like I should be on, like, Gets Off of Dr. Snuggles talking about this, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, Body Chemistry 2, The Voice of a Stranger, <laughs> and uh, In Heat of the Passion <clears throat> 2, Unfaithful. So yeah. she, so apparently she did some softcore stuff in later in her career, but uh, right. Also, she's in this one that I've always wanted to check out and never got around to it called Brink, with an exclamation mm-hmm. point, and it's a Disney inline skating movie. Um, <laughs> wow. Team, team X Blades with a Z, and I've I mean I've heard about this one forever. It's just like this bizarro, like you know. That seems the coolest new thing, you guys, from 1998. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so she's that, in that somewhere. I don't know where. That's super fucking niche. Like, yeah. <laughs> like that, that, that's way more niche than the, like, fucking rollerblade and shit like that, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah no, it's like uh, if there was a Pog movie, it would basically, if Disney made a Pog movie, it was like <laughs> that was, was happening right then, and Disney got mm. Uh, we got Michael V. Gazzo as Chief Clark, and his most notable thing, he had a long career, but his most notable thing is he got nominated for an Academy Award on his part in uh, Godfather Part Two. Mm-hmm. And I mean, honestly, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to pretend I re- recognize him from Godfather Part Two. I, I don't. I don't. 
Frankie Pin Pinch Jelly Pinch Jelly. That's what it is, I think. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, 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 I think I, last time I saw that film was when I was like twelve or something like that. So I, I don't know, man. It's a good one. It's a good one. It is, but uh, and then we have Dean Jagger as Slade, uh, won an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor in his role in Henry King's Twelve O'clock High from '49. He's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, one of the films we covered, Bad Day at Black Rock, um, X the Unknown, which is a good little sort of uh, Quatermass ripoff kind of film, hmm. uh, King Creel, which is the uh, Elvis. More slightly serious, oh, Elvis dealing with gangsters film. <laughs> and he was in Vanishing Point, which is great, and Game of Death, which was uh, basically the last Bruce, Bruce Lee film. Uh, so there you go. And I, actually, this was his last film. After this, he retired and died in the 90s. Uh, we have uh, Sidney Lassick as uh, Luke Gutchell, Jack Carter as the mayor. Perry Lang is Officer Jim Kelly. Henry Silva, who we do not need to really uh, go through his credits, but he is, you know, the skull-faced bad guy from classic Hollywood who is just fucking awesome in anything he's ever in. Mm -hmm. uh, you, if, if you don't know who Henry Silva is, I, again, you haven't watched movies. You're you're an idiot. Uh, I, <laughs> fuck off. Just quit. Uh Bart Braveman as Thomas Kemp, Angel Tompkins as Newswoman, and I'll mention her because she is in an exploitation classic from, I, I believe it's from the, um, it's not canon, it's the uh, Crown International Pictures. She was in The Teacher, and she did a couple other like uh, exploitation films, so uh, that's what I remember her from. And Sue Lyon, as ABC Newswoman, was in Lolita from 1962, playing Lolita. Yep. And she was also in the Evil Knievel biography from 1971, which is, you know, just kind of a bullshit biography. But uh, Evil Knievel is fascinating enough where it's like, <clears throat> I'll watch the bullshit biography of Evil Knievel and also watch Viva Knievel as well, because why the fuck not? Is that the one with Sam Elliott? Maybe because there's a TV pilot or movie. I'm not sure, but Sam Elliott clean shaven, which is weird, plays evil Knievel. That's a different thing then, because there there is a uh, there's an evil Knievel biography. Then there's Viva Knievel, which is which was actually covered by the Grindbind, which where evil Knievel is in that and. He's it's it's he's like playing a fictional version of himself or some shit. It's it's fucking weird as shit. Um, also of note, and finishing off the cast here, Kane Hodder had a super early appearance here as the uh, puppet operator for the alligator. Oh, he's one of the dudes in the suit. Yeah, yeah. There's like there's like four alligators in this movie. There's a a head. The mechanical head on wheels. Uh -huh. There's a baby alligator that they did like miniature shots with. And then there's um, a, the one being pulled behind a boat that's like the underwater alligator. Uh -huh. And then there's the job of the hut alligator where there's two guys in a suit that are probably sweating their balls off. That I'm, uh, uh, I'm guessing that's Kane Otter in that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. 
I mean, th- I mean that guy. I know that. That's cool. I mean, uh, uh, you know, most like uh, Friday the Thirteenth aficionados would even probably be surprised with the stuff that Kane Hodder was doing in mm-hmm. the eighties. You know, before he got to the Jason part, you know, kind of thing. He's so. Huge, though, what? Right? I mean, wouldn't you would want a smaller person inside the suit? You'd think, right? <laughs> He's probably the head, and the smaller guy's the tail. I'm okay. kind of thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the terrible synopsis that I pulled, I, I don't even think I pulled this from IMDb because I didn't credit anybody. So, well, here we go. This, this does not do the film justice at all. A baby alligator is flushed down a Chicago toilet and survives by eating discarded laboratory rats injected with growth hormones. That's not even fucking true. It's like pets with growth hormones. Um, the small reptile goes gigantic escapes the city sewers and goes on a rampage. Yeah, it kind of does that, but you kind of ignored Robert Forrester being awesome and the, <laughs> the whole the whole subplot of, like, you know, corporate, like, hey, let's inject animals with growth hormones and all that shit. You, you, you kind of fucked that up, but whatever. Uh, but we'll get into it here. Uh, so, Matt, um, is... This isn't the first time if you you've seen this film, right? Oh no, definitely not. No, um, so uh, so just you know, give me give me some of your general thoughts on this one. Um. Okay. Well, first, I want to acknowledge that this is 1980, and so even though it's the 80s technically, mm-hmm. uh, it's still really the 70s, and uh, the fashions in this movie are fucking awesome. Um. Uh, like from the pet shop, pet shop owner at the beginning, you know, with his like Polynesian shirt and <laughs> the way everybody looks and is dressed in the cars and all that. It's, it's, it's amazing. So that alone is, you know, could keep my attention probably mm-hmm. for a long time. Um, but yeah, this is like the best creature feature other than Jaws. I mean, this is an homage to Jaws with... Mm-hmm tongue planted very firmly in cheek yeah and um all the characters are written really well um the love interest like she could have been so throwaway but they make her live with her mother and that whole relationship is very interesting and uh, she's a scientist and so she's kind of a goody goody and she's just Mm -hmm. gone to school and that's um and that's just like the way the whole thing works out. And Robert Forrester is so troubled, not only by his partners that keep on dying, <laughs> um, but also by his receding hairline, which everybody in the movie comments on, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> which is really uh, disconcerting. You're just like, God, give the guy a fucking break. Nothing <laughs> he can do about this. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, he's a good sport for doing that. Like, well, I mean, I mean that that all sort of centers around the fact that around this time, he, you know, he noticed, hey, my hair's starting to go back. You know, like it's starting to recede. He got a really terrible early uh, hair transplant. Oh, really? In the front of his head, yes. Okay. And and you can see that, like if you look at his hairline in the film. He's got this really pronounced, like, little crest in the center of his head that is sprouting really well. And then back from that, it's bad, and he's got that combed yeah. over, right? <laughs> so he, he, was, he was one of the unfortunate people who had a really bad hair transplant early on. And he, he's like he, early boob jobs. 
But, yeah, uh, but you know. but I mean, he had the foresight to know it's like, okay, that fucked up bad, and people are going to see that. I need to acknowledge it and get over it. And I mean, that even continues on to Jackie Brown because, like, he oh, yeah, talks yeah. about Jackie Brown too, right? But, um, and I mean, you know, Jackie Brown kind of explains it because you know, uh, you know, he he's talking. Rug in that one. Right? No, no, he didn't have a rug. Okay, he never had a rug. I mean, you know, like definitely movies he does have a rug. Like I know for a fact in South Beach with Gary Busey and mm-hmm. Fred the Hammer, like he has got a rug for sure. He has a full fucking head of hair in that movie. Okay, oh. uh, I'll, I'll totally accept that. But I mean, <laughs> but yeah, uh, okay, Jackie Brown for sure. But but with Jackie Brown, you know, he's talking to Pam Greer, and Pam Greer's like, you know, she mentions his hair or whatever, or getting old or whatever. And he's like, you know, you know, I did something about it, and I feel good about it, you know. Okay. The, the, that's where I'm. I at. look in the mirror and I see me. That's a it's a great line. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it, it, it's good stuff. Uh, okay, so it. who is your favorite comb over or wig in Hollywood? Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. That's a good one. I I'm mean, going I John mean, Saxon for me. Jo- well, John Saxon would be a number two for me, but mm-hmm. but I mean, Nicholas Cage has found some way to make the thinnest fucking hair possible look good in every movie he's been in. So, I mean, I, I cannot fault that man. He has had some good work done. but And and, and still made it look like, hey, I'm a middle-aged man with re- a receding hairline, but I'm not bald, motherfucker. Don't get that. <laughs> don't, don't get that wrong. I'm not bald. It's kind of the Jack Nicholson thing, too. Yeah. But I mean, but you're you're on you're on point with fucking John Saxon though because he basically went his whole career with the flawless comb over, like unreal, dude. Yeah, unreal. From yeah. like from the '60s, really, and to and to his the late career till he died, like he really had the fucking comb over. To end all comb-overs. I know. That's what I'm saying. The best one in Hollywood. There is no... Um, there's really nobody even close to him. Uh, See, I'm just hoping that, like, if Nicolas Cage lives into his 80s. That way he has, like, he has the longevity that... But he's got uh, have plugs, right? I mean, that's... He probably has. He's probably had work done. I, I'm, I'm, kind of assu- I'm kind of assuming that John Saxon maybe never had work done. Maybe? I don't think so, dude. I really don't. I think that I mean, maybe he wore a wig. I don't know, but still, he did a comb over wig if he wore a wig. So yeah, but he's he's pretty good. Yeah. You have you have any <laughs> thoughts on that, Daniel? No, no. I'm. I'll I'll uh, I'll let you guys just uh, pass over that one. That'll be fine. <laughs> All right. Cool. Uh, uh, unless you have any sort of other general thoughts, uh, Matt, I'll throw over to Daniel on his. I'm just gonna say that I was so glad to watch this again. Um, mm-hmm. this was a delight and, uh, thank you for, uh, bring it to my attention again. I, I truly, I liked it more than the last time I watched it and I mm-hmm. can't wait till the next time I watch it again. So there we go. That's my thoughts on the movie. I cannot recommend this enough. Awesome. Uh, Daniel, uh, first time watch for me, uh, watched it this after I actually watched it. A week ago, when we were planning to do this, and then rewatched mm. it uh, today. Um, <clears throat> I love I, <laughs> I love uh, a movie called Alligator, 
which definitely is about the alligator, but it's really a cop movie. You know, mm-hmm. it's really a yeah. it's really a police procedural. And um, I really wish there was a way to like make these sorts of things and not reveal the fact that it's about a giant alligator and just be like, you know, he was a he was a tough cop who lost his partner. And then he runs into this situation that he's got to solve. And then you cut to like the trailers got like, we're taking your badge. Uh, and then you know, it's like, it's, and you think you're walking into that kind of movie. And then like within the, and then, you know, at a certain point it's like, there's a giant fucking alligator. <laughs> we're not after a serial killer. We're not after like some jewel thieves or some shit. There's a giant fucking alligator. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's not like Robert Forrester's a bad cop. It's just there's a giant fucking alligator, and it looks bad if you keep investigating this shit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's eating um, children in pools, okay? Yeah. Ah, this. <laughs> oh this, my god! Oh my movie, god! I can't believe it went there. I was. This movie like, has oh. so much balls. It has so oh, much yeah. balls. I, I love that. Sure. They're not afraid to kill kids. It's just so beautiful. And the, and, and the but, thing about this, and I will say, watching this, it feels like an Italian ripoff, but it's not Italian. And it had the balls to kill a child. Yeah. No, that was. I really thought they were going to like dangle him over and then like pull him back. <laughs> no. And he's like, no, Johnny's safe. It's okay. No, like he was gator food. Like, in the. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy, like actually, yeah. the one actually, like, the one realistic death in the film, because like that's actually how alligators eat. They like eat things that like come from above, mm-hmm. and they like chomp at them. Um, <laughs> you know, like if you're if you're being chased by a gator, you're screwed because if a gator's if a gator's chasing you, it's because it's hungry. But the only way to really get captured by a gator is if you're like stepping on it. Like that's that's the real mm-hmm. that's the real key. Don't don't go near them. <laughs> I actually know some people who worked on alligator sanctuary, so you know it's a you know you you learn those kinds of advice uh, from people yeah. who work in an alligator sanctuary. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Daniel show, shared with me a photo earlier tonight uh, of him holding an alligator with his mouth taped up so he could not bite anything. Yes. And yeah, yeah. Dude, where's your friend work in Florida? Uh, I will reveal that to you after uh, we are done. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, uh, it's uh, it's it's a pretty um, it's a really good movie. I love Robert Forrester in it. Um, I love uh, Robin uh, Robin Riker. I think she's mm-hmm. she's adorable. She's great. Um, hey, Daniel, real I, quick, the death that you were talking about that was pretty realistic <clears throat> was that his uh, partner? No, that's the kid. Oh, the kid. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because the kid is like dropped on top of him. Okay. And the right. gator, like that's that's actually how you feed them. You basically just throw like gator food to them, and they just kind of go, and then they just it's like one bite. So like a lot of times, if people are actually caught by an alligator, like if you actually were like in the swamp in Florida or Louisiana or whatever, and you happen across a gator and it's not that hungry, but it just like chomps at you, like it'll chomp once and then just kind of like run away. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, you're too big for it to eat basically, mm-hmm. right? In one bite. And they only, then they, like that's what they eat. They just eat like single bite. So you'll lose a leg or whatever, but you'll, you'll probably live. <laughs> like it's very easy to live through a gator bite, ironically enough. But crocodiles, the way they feed is they grab you and then pull you underwater and then like shake you to death. So uh-huh. if a crocodile gets you, you are fucked. There is just no, you're not surviving that. There's no option. But, an alligator will just take one bite and then decide you're too much trouble and then move on. <laughs> so you know, it's <laughs> okay. it's pretty glorious, yeah. So um, not 
not telling you how to survive a gator bite. This is not legally binding <laughs> advice, but uh, you know, <laughs> um, no, nobody in this podcast is suggesting that you should, you should fuck with alligators <laughs> or, crocodiles with alligators or crocodiles at any no. point. But no, you know, not, not, at, not at any point, not at any point. But I, uh, I say make your own choices. You know, it's your own life. <laughs> so, but uh, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, from this podcast, take take it for what it's worth. You run into an alligator. It's gonna chomp once and you get away. Crocodile, you're probably fucked. Yeah. So Don't just <laughs> crocodile, like Daniel said, but an alligator, whatever, man, do what you yeah, want. Yeah. You, know, you lose a leg, it's fine, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. in the in the opening of this film, you you get the the handler of the the fucking alligator. He he fucks up, gets caught in a like what between something, and the alligator chomps on him. He gets a bit of a bite. Mm-hmm. And he gets pulled away, and then you know the announcer's like, "Oh, don't worry, folks, he'll be back next week or whatever," you know, kind of thing. You know, <laughs> yeah. he doesn't get his leg chopped off, but you know, because that's a that's a regular, it's a regular size alligator, right? So yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, even like one of the things that impressed me was the fact that the alligator is only like twenty five feet long or something in this movie. Thirty seven feet long oh, from the trailer. Feet? Oh well, you know. Okay, sorry. You got you got to include the tail, Daniel. Uh, that's true, <laughs> but uh, you know, alligators in 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 life grow to like fifteen feet. Like fifteen feet is like your your ten. So it's a they mm-hmm. made it like double the size of like an actual alligator, which is huge, but not like it's a five hundred foot alligator or something like that. I kind of you know I do appreciate the the you know it is it at least feels like it's on scale of what you would expect a thing like this. And to be. I mean they they give you a um they give you a pseudo scientific thing that's plausible right like that you right. can accept like oh but it's got this, some like weird growth hormone and of course it's it it's, it's been eating kind of... it's yeah it, it so this is the cool thing about this film it it stems from the myth you know the urban legend of people flushing alligators down the toilet and they grow up in the sewers and they're still there and they're killing people right that that's the urban legend this alligator got flushed down the toilet and it survived because it's eating the discarded corpses of these pets, these dogs and cats and whatever else that this chemical company has been experimenting on with growth hormones. Mm-hmm. And so it eats the these these carcasses of these dead animals with growth hormones, and it grows bigger. And I mean... It's as plausible as any fucking 1950s atomic radiation monster <laughs> bullshit, right. right? And so, so it, it we've been putting so- radium capsules into the into the mm-hmm. sewer and I the mean, alligator. It's been, you know, I don't know. It, it sounds like Teenage Ninja Turtles. You know, come on, totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or it sounds like protein powder now. You know, it's just like yeah. <laughs> turbocharged. Yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> it's all those it's all those Alex Jones nutritional supplements. You know, like, <laughs> broth. They turn the frogs gay and they turn the alligators gigantic. You know? Yeah, bone broth, caveman. <laughs> but no, no, it, it it works so well because it's like they don't give you they don't they 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 don't get deep into it, right? They're just like yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, here's what's happening. Accept it, and it works. It works for the film. It works so well. Um, and then you get into the police procedural, and then you have just Robert Forster fucking taking this super serious and fucking acting. And this is the thing, like Robert Forster is such a better actor than a lot of the stuff he was in, in this period. 
And I don't know why. Like, apparently he must have had a bad agent or something like that because he mm-hmm. was not getting a lot of great roles at this point. But he just Well, he's walks... like 40 years old at this point, too. Like, that's... Mm-hmm. I mean, that's another thing. Like, he... I look at it... Like, I know Robert Forrester mostly from Jackie Brown. Sorry, mm-hmm. but that's my... That's my Robert Forrester, right? I mean, that's yeah, my again, Robert Forrester, this is, too. This is 17 years earlier, and he looks mm-hmm. like a baby, you know, but he's 40 years old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, but I mean... Like I mean, my fucking age, you know, and he looks better than me. <laughs> but I mean, here's the thing. Forrester just fucking... Anything he's in... He acts like he, he fucking yeah. grounds the film. And this film is a Jaws ripoff, but it's also kind of a send up of Jaws, right? Like there's yeah. a lot of jokes in this. It's very funny. I mean, a lot of the bad guys who get eaten by this fucking alligator are terrible fucking people. And it's kind of a joke. But Robert Forster, other than like when he's flirting with, uh, you know, his co-star here, Robin Riker. Yeah, Robin Riker, he's not really he joking. Riker maneuver on her, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he, he ain't joking around, right? Like he, he for the most part, he's doing the sort of fucking downbeat, fucking beat down cop with a past who's you know, you know, he's got horrors in his background and he's trying to get over, and he's he's grounding this entire film like he is the counterpoint to like the sort of send up of this film. Like he, he is very grounded. And then Henry Silva shows up and he is a counterpoint to fucking Robert Forrester. And Henry Silva is having the fucking time of his life. Yeah. Fucking just owning this fucking film. He walks in and basically told like on screen and also kind of feels like in the background, he kind of kind of tells Robert Forrester, Okay, you can step aside for a minute. I'm gonna throw my dick out and I'm gonna like act the fuck out of this film for my brief time in this. But I'm gonna fucking own you. I'm gonna own this film, and that's kind of what he does. <laughs> I, I think he really does. He's playing the Quint in this, and he fucking. I think he fucking owns it. But I'll, I will say, uh. <laughs> and, Henry Silva, uh, some of the comments he makes here, um, uh, the, uh, the, uh, tribes, uh, the tribal people he, uh, hires for his, uh, hunt of, yeah, it's sea. like, it's like the locals, but it's all black dudes and he's like the hunter guy. Yeah. It's yeah. Kind of got the colonial, um, <laughs> cause he, cause he's wearing like the colonial hunter, yeah, Garb, right? He's almost and, he's almost going as far as a pith helmet. You know? Yeah, totally. He, he, really he goes into a corner store and buys forties for these black dudes on the street. And he's like, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> and he and he, you know he's like, and then he singles out one dude. Well, you're the tribal chief, apparently. So that you you know you're the he leader of these guys. I mean, yeah, John uh, John Seals knows exactly what he's doing in that. Like, see, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's definitely the kind of guy who's like, no, 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 we're, we're, we're he's playing on that, you know. Yeah, it was, <laughs> I felt like it was in good fun. It didn't. Oh no, it good. is. Yeah, it is. No, no, no. It's 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 mocking the character. It's mocking those like yeah. you know because there are plenty of movies around this time and even later on where you know you would have a character basically do that same thing of like we just need to hire some black people to do the the dirty work for us, you know. And this yeah, movie does the it mocks that. No, it's not that. I'm not saying it's that at all. I'm saying John Sales knew exactly what he was doing in that scene. Totally. So, yeah. yeah, and and the, and and the black guys he hires, they're like. 
fuck this white dude. We're out of here. The, the, <laughs> like, <laughs> like this fucking alligator is really close by. Uh, one of them grabs the rifle he drops. He tried, you know, to his credit, he tries to take a shot at the alligator while it's biting down on Henry Silva. Like, okay, this was your your uh, business. I'm out of here. Thanks. Yeah, for that. Uh, yeah. Gonna, I, 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 I appreciate it. I'm done. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna sell this rifle for a good price somewhere. But you know, fuck this dude. And, and you gotta think. You gotta think when you're like, oh yeah, I'll come help you out. I'll I'll brave it out and I'll come behind you and we'll do some things and I'll be a hero. And then you see thirty seven foot alligator and you go. Yeah, that two dollar mm-hmm. forty, not 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 quite payment enough, my friend. And it looks like, based on where your leg is going, uh, that's not going to be rectified anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, you know, I love, I love. There's a scene where like they're setting up the tables and chairs in the day in advance mm-hmm. of the uh, of the party of the the thing that they're gonna throw. And it's like, okay, now put the, all these back together, and then we will uh, set them back up again tomorrow. <laughs> and at that moment, you're kind of like, well, we're going to watch a lot of rich people get eaten. Like, yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean. I think, I think there are some gator bait rich people here. And this is great. This is fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, there, I mean, if you want to go deep into it, there is a political read on this, right? Like, where. Oh, really? There's a political read? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where, you know, where uh, the alligator, you know, the alligator represents the uh, ostracized, you know, minority. Ostracized underclass? Yeah, that gets gets thrown (laughs) into the sewer, (laughs) but gets, you know, get, you know, and it eats the chemicals from, you know, the, the upper class that perverts it, you know, kind of thing. Like, you know, the corporate mechanism that uh, perverts and uses the underclass and then it rises up unfortunately it eats some of the underclass as well you know it kind of fucks yeah. with the underclass but it moves up the middle class to the higher class and eats all the rich people so there is a, definitely a political read in this um, well, I think there's I think there's a there's an even more subtle political read which is okay. it's just a giant fucking alligator <laughs> <laughs> think about that yeah the yeah, real, the real funny. lesson, the real lesson of the film, because the thing comes full circle. We are told pretty much explicitly that this little girl buying mm-hmm. the alligator from the, and then like it having to go down the sewer. It's the same alligator. That's that's uh, that's stated explicitly in the film, right? Like it's not, yeah, by implication. Okay, that's stated explicitly in the film. If she hadn't been, if this little girl had not been into science when she was twelve years old. That alligator would never have been in that sewer, and all mm-hmm. these people's lives would have been saved. And so, this yeah. is just a sign: young women should not get interested in science. Oh, uh, see, just, I was going to uh, say that everybody shouldn't get interested in science. Um, but no, 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 no. Like all the other characters who are interested in science, the pharma guys—they're just doing their job, trying to make more <laughs> meat for people. Yeah, no, 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 no. They're doing their—they're—they're they're just capitalists engaging in purely healthy capitalist exploitation and those chemicals they just go into the sewer uh, nobody cares what's in the sewer as long as there's not an alligator down there everything's gonna be fine there's well, no side effects alligator in this movie so yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The doesn't matter those guys are just doing their job see, see it's yeah. not her they just, fault that, once it, they're once they're in the sewer they're gone and look <laughs> that girl grew up hot she had plenty of other options it was gonna be fine it's it's okay 
apparently she had no options. Apparently she was still a virgin by the no, time she, she ran in and forced her. But, well, that doesn't last long, right? Once you're once you run into Robert Forrester, forty yeah. year old man with hair plugs, and you're twenty two, <laughs> and you're like, well, you know, here's, here's the. But I mean, I mean, this, like, know? I mean, listen, fucking, it's not her fault. It's her dad's fault because the dad is the right. one to flush the fucking yeah. alligator. Because she was like. She, I mean, the opening's great. The opening mm-hmm. sets up the idea of, you know, the urban legend of yep. the alligator getting flushed down the toilet. But it's her fucking dad. It's her fucking bullshit asshole dad. Yep. He's like, this alligator's been shitting in our laundry, so I'm going to flush it down the fucking toilet. And it's like, I fail to believe that a small alligator like that is doing a lot of shit in your laundry, no. by the way. That's no. bullshit. <laughs> They're tiny little pellets. They're tiny little pellets. Yeah, so he's an asshole, and uh, and he dies off screen later on, you know, so good for him. Fuck you. Uh, but he he is the reason that this, this all happened, because she was explicitly saying, is like, I want to adopt this, this, you know, alligator, and her parents are like, well, I don't know. that It should be, it might be bad. It's like, well, once it gets too big, We'll put it in an animal shelter someplace, you know, where they can adopt it and do stuff with it, you know. But no, Dad wants to flush it down the fucking toilet, and that's his fault. He's yeah, the yeah. asshole in this film. To bring this, it's back really to the, the fault. You're right. It's really the fault of the patriarch who is, uh, <laughs> who is oppressing her by not allowing her to pursue her scientific interests. And then she ends up kind of helping to save the day in the end. Although it ends up being, you just need a big bomb from a guy, you know. So. <laughs> Sorry, please, but, Matt. Well, I apologize. So back in the day, like this was a thing. You could buy alligators and little mm-hmm. turtles at the dime store. And I mean, you could order in comic books, pet monkeys. Mm-hmm. You know, at one yeah. point. And, uh, they would sell them to little kids that didn't know what to do with them. They would not have a plan for them surviving. They would end up dying. I mean, you know, like with, uh, in the commentary, they're talking about this, like with turtles, kids got sam- salmonella from it, uh, like mm-hmm. some disease. And also they were painting on their turtle shells, which huh. deprives them of oxygen and kills them. There is all these mishaps of, you know, animal rights. People were like, Hey, we can't just like sell these like baby animals to children so they can kill them for no reason. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, stop that. So this is playing on that too, of just, uh, it's like, that thing's going to get too big someday. Let's just flush it down the toilet, which, yeah. I mean, that's part of where the urban legend was born too. Right. Yeah. You, know, you flush it down the toilet. You know, you think like you flush it down the toilet, it just goes away to where you don't have to care about it anymore. But actually, no, things it doesn't actually go away and it does have like longer term effects, which is part of the ecological message like to the, you know, to, to the ecological message of a monster movie from 1980. But, you know, like, yeah, it, it is, I, yeah, is, yeah. Newsflash ideas for sure. News, yeah. Newsflash to everybody. Everything you throw down a drain goes somewhere. Yes, it, is. <laughs> it does. It doesn't disappear. You can't vaporize it, you know, like, oh, you know. God. oh, no. Okay, well, I'll be right back. All right. I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that was news to uh, me. And, uh, I got a real problem right now then. Oh, shit. <laughs> some, uh, some, some stuff yeah. you needed to destroy all of a sudden? Shit, uh, I thought for good, but uh, okay. I've got this toxic sludge. I was just like draining down <laughs> my, my sewer. 
Uh, probably should go do something about that now. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's got this whole room of alligators. He all of a sudden knew he could flush. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. shit. I, mean, I don't need to feed him anymore. I don't need to invite any fucking people over anymore. The fucking, you know. That's why I like this room. movie so much. The movie sucks, actually, but I, I thought I could get away with flushing these down the toilet. And no, that, <laughs> not true. Thanks a lot. One yeah. stop. Um, I mean, my, my, my final thoughts in this fucking thing is like, uh, I'm really impressed with the special effects on this, by the way. Like I, like, you know, they, they give you early in the film, they give you close-ups of real alligators and then they give you their special effects combined with like the robotic alligator and all of it looks fucking great. Like throughout the film, I was like. There's nothing here that looks like bullshit to me. Like every time they use the alligator uh, electronic, you know, the robotic alligator shit looks great. It, they they shot around it so well that it looked so good that it sold everything for me. Like every time I see the alligator like hunting a person or somebody all of a sudden shines a light somewhere and oh shit, alligator, ah, clap, fucking yeah. kill him. Uh, there's a great scene where Robert Forrester's down with that fucking police officer that he drags down there, and there's a just a brief shot where he's moving his flashlight, and it goes past the fucking alligator up above them on, like, a other level, and then it flashes out and he's gone. Reminded me of uh, the slasher film Just Before Dawn, like a year later or whatever where where that there's there's a scene where that happens as well where you can see that a dead body and he does the character doesn't see it but everyone watching sees it and i'm like oh shit that that's just great filmmaking like the, this film is it's a b movie that does not scream b movie because everything is good lee i want to know though okay do you think that the creature in this looks better than Jaws? I think it does. I think it does too, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, Bruce, Jaws, I mean, seriously, is a, a far better movie, even though. Uh, and yeah, in, in a sense, it is uh, like Bruce the shark, and I mean, actually, this movie has the same problem. Like their animatronic fucking robotic whatever alligator failed on them as well so they had the same problem where they had to like shoot around that shit with Mm -hmm. just like jaws with bruce the shark um and spielberg had infinitely more he had more money yeah he had more money more backing yeah do more reshoots and shit um but i mean i mean this alligator looks fucking good like it looks so good it really does. I would say, like, out of the creature features that I can think of, um, actually, those slugs looks pretty good. Um, <laughs> you know, they did have like the full robotic shark, but they basically just used like half of it for most of the shoot, right? Kind yeah. of thing. And, and they here... save it till the very end, you know, like which uh, this movie doesn't really do. Mm-hmm. It kind of shows it from early on. It doesn't save the monster really. No. Like with the kids, like when it comes out of the manhole and they're playing baseball, mm-hmm. right? But I mean, that's a real alligator they're shooting at that point because they, yeah, there's a baby alligator actually. Yeah, they're shooting around a miniature at that point, and yeah. I mean that well, even looks great because that's a throwback to what was going on in the seventies. Like you look at films like uh, 
Night of the Lepus or whatever, right? With with the giant rabbits. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it, it it's the same exact fucking technique. We just have, oh, we have rabbits jumping in these miniatures running around, and Night of the Lepus are just slowed down super. Same with the alligator too. They were saying that they just like to give it some more like weight and size. Mm-hmm. They just do a, um, a baby alligator in slow mo. And also Louis Teague, he worked with a cat and cat's eye mm-hmm. and then he had a dog and Cujo. And he said that an alligator is by far the most difficult animal he's ever had to work with. He said it was like 55 minutes before the baby alligator would actually move. They just sat there. They were poking it, prodding it. It just wouldn't. That, that's, that's basically all alligators do. They, they sit for, they, they just don't, they just don't move. I mean, I mean, you can't teach them anything. I mean, really, you can't. So, like, they're, they're they're not they're not social animals, to that respect, right? Like, mm-hmm. you, you it's it's not like having like a dog, or something like that, where it's like you can communicate it with it on some fucking level. It's like, and I you can you know, motivate I, them with food. That's about it. That's yeah, about pretty it. much. You know, I don't want to disparage reptiles, but reptiles want to eat, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. So you know. Does anyone else have any uh, sort of final thoughts before we get into trivia no, or anything? I agree. It's a good movie. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I do want to mention uh, I, I like the uh, graffiti in the sewer. Yeah, yeah. And, and and also, I, I, I like that this film, like, for most part, it, it is a ripoff of Jaws, but it becomes super claustrophobic instead of, like, the horror of the open seas where you can't see anything kind of thing. Like it, yeah. it, it, it constricts everything, right? But um, there's the a graf- yeah. <clears throat> yeah, there's this graffiti on the sewer that says "Harry Lime Lives." Uh, so you know, reference to the Thin Man, the Third Man, or Third Man. Yes, sorry. Uh, where you know Harry Lime meets his end in the sewers, uh, which is great. And you know, uh, Robert Forrester has two times where he's having trouble with manhole covers, just like Harry Lime does. Yeah. Uh, in the third man, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but a uh, little bit of trivia here. Uh, Ramon, the off-malfunctioning alligator used in the film, was later uh, donated to the Florida Gators as a team mascot, apparently. Mm. And he made several appearances before games and during halftime. That's so, cool. Yeah. Uh, Brian Cranston worked on this movie as a production assistant for the special effects department. And... If you actually follow his credits, he is in a couple of Robert Corman, uh, or Roger Corman, I mean, uh, productions uh, before he, you know, he became famous uh, and, and actually, you know, hey, this is a guy who's an actor and we know who he is kind of thing. Uh, Robert Forrester improvised the jokes in regard to his receding hairline, which uh, delighted John Sales wrote into the script during the shooting of the characters. Um and I mean, yeah, Robert Forster is just kind of like, yeah, I fucked up. <laughs> so <laughs> let, let's make mention of that. Let, let's make mention of the fact that I fucked up with this, these hair plugs. I should have just not done that. Um, so there is a different version of this. There's a TV version of this. Uh, one or more extra scenes are said to be included in the TV versions of this movie. Uh, one extra scene, a woman is outside hanging up clothes while her baby is with her. When the phone rings, she goes inside to answer, leaving the baby out in the yard. 
When the loud crashing sound is heard off screen, the woman gets off the phone and goes back outside. She sees that her back backyard is a mess. Part of the fence is smashed and flattened. The laundry basket she left out is overturned, and she becomes hysterical when she realizes her baby is missing. She approaches an upturned laundry basket and turns it over to find her baby. Uh, the scene then cuts away, and the alligator does not attack the baby or the mother. Hmm. Oh, it didn't attack the baby. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, man, they <laughs> killed a kid and a baby. Damn. Dude. Yeah. Ima- Im- imagine that, like the TV version. We'll cut out the fucking kid getting eaten in the pool, but we'll we'll have a like a baby getting killed on you know <laughs> the lawn. Going to be uh, killed. Yeah. Uh, wow. This was uh, this was followed by Alligator to the Mutation, and mm-hmm. I got to say, I need to see this film. I haven't watched it. It it sounds like it's shit. Yeah, but- it does. Like Lewis Teague and uh, Robert Forrester both said they took a look at the script and both went, no. Mm. It uses stock footage from the original film, but it's starring D. Wallace, Richard Lynch, Steve Railsback, and it's got a bunch of professional wrestlers wow. uh, in credits in this. Chavo Guerrero Sr., Tom McGee, Alex Smirnoff, and Professor Toro Tanaka. So, hmm. I mean, the, that's probably just me <laughs> as a wrestling nerd, but I kind of need to see this now, I think. Uh, yeah. Apparently, it's terrible. It's PG-13 compared to this, but uh, yeah, fuck it. I, I, I might want to see that. I, I want to ask you guys about two other Robert Forrester movies mm-hmm. where he's uh, heavily featured in them. Have you guys ever seen um, Avalanche? No. It's- Okay, Avalanche, it's one of those ones like um, Poseidon Adventure or uh, Earthquake. Mm-hmm. It's uh, a disaster movie from the 70s. And it's about an avalanche at a ski lodge. And I think Mystery Science Theater, the new one, covered it too. I think okay. that's how I saw it, yeah. Okay, yeah. And I don't know, is that good? Did you see, was it any good? Yeah, I, saw, I saw the MST3K version. Yeah, was it any good? Yeah, it was good. It was good. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, that movie... Without any commentary on it is fucking awesome, and I'm sure you can make fun of that movie to no yeah, end. Yeah, I mean the the irony is that like some of the movies, and particularly the 2017 reboot, were like good enough that you know you you just kind of wanted the movie. You know? I know it's kind of like shut the fuck up, you guys. I'm watching this. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. hate them. I hate them so much, honestly. Yeah, well, yeah. Some well, some of that stuff that they do is is complete shit. Dude. I mean, but, I mean, yeah, they, a they sweet spot, right? I mean, you know, they because... they did dog on some bad movies, but for the most part, like they were dogging on movies that were not that terrible. Like honestly, I felt me. like they were digging and found cool stuff, but they're clowning on it and they won't shut the fuck up. They're going a mile a minute. They feel like they have to um, always be commenting or even make jokes before something mm-hmm. happens. Yeah, like. Rather than letting things like in the original Mystery Science Theater, there's you can have 30 seconds of silence as people actually watch the movie, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. They just yeah. refuse to go there with that. Um, they, they are super useful for keeping a lot of the shit alive, but at the same mm-hmm. time, it's like, no, okay, so they're talking about this. That's fine. It's funny yeah. in some parts, but. Go watch the movie on your own. Avalanche by itself is really good. I highly recommend it. it. The other one is, um, you know, Bill Lustig, Maniac Cop, and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Maniac and everything. 
he did one called Vigilante. Vigilante's fucking awesome. Yeah. Yes. And Robert Forster and Fred Williamson. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Highly recommend that one, too. Um, oh, yeah. No, that's a great fucking film. Yeah, we just actually talked about that on the last movie melt. There's a 4K Blu-ray that came out. It was already Ooh. on Blu-ray, but it's 4K. I mean, I don't mm. know if that's a big deal, but um, yeah, Vigilante. If you haven't seen it, it's it's basically like a a Death Wish mm-hmm. movie. It is, um, yeah. Got a group of people just standing up for their goddamn community because it's been overtaken by crime. And I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I fucking love that right wing shit, man. Like in movies. It is my mm-hmm. absolute favorite. Like, give me fucking Rambo. Give me the soldier that's going to blow up an entire army of other people or people protecting their community. Um, on screen, it's great. In real life, it's, uh, it's not. Yeah, yeah. Fantasy is fun when it's fictional. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, I like watching a kid get eaten by an alligator. That's yeah. Awful. Not in real life. That's no. awful. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, no, no, actually, Vigilante, that's actually a good mention. That's something we should do at some point, Daniel. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, for sure. And uh, if you want me to be on that one, I would be glad to oh, be on it. You're already fucking invited. I cool. mean, awesome. yeah. I mean, honestly, you're you're invited anytime you fucking want to jump in. So, All right, man. Thank that's you. Thing, yeah. Uh, well, we'll just look at the budget here. Budget was $1.7 million. Box office was uh, six point four million, so it did very oh, well whoa. for itself. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean they, that that in the commentary, like it didn't make any money in the theaters, and the mm-hmm. money that was made was from that TV stuff. That's funny. Well, you were saying it was like what uh, three million from just ABC? Yeah, from just two airings. Mm-hmm. So that was probably part of that, and then the rest of it was probably VHS, right? I guess kind of they were. Well, yeah, there's that. no, there's no reference, there's no uh, citation for the box office on Wikipedia, so who knows mm. where that comes from? Okay. Yeah, but but yeah. I think that they were saying like maybe they could have made exponentially more if like MGM or somebody you know 20th Century Fox had put this out rather than doing it independently. I would disagree either because it's. I mean, it's it's not as shitty movie it's it's actually really well made good fucking i mean you know it's sub jaws b picture or whatever but it's really well done it was like yeah people liked this movie a lot and they knew this was not just like grizzly or tentacle Mm -hmm. (laughs) tentacles oh god tentacles yeah uh god that's something we need to do at some point daniel (laughs) i I need to introduce you to tentacles at some point all right fair Fair yeah Uh, so releases for this, there's, uh, out of print Lionsgate home entertainment DVD from 2007. Uh, you can get this off rare lust or YouTube and there's burn on demand services. I do. I do not know if there's like an official North American Blu-ray. Uh, there might be an European one as far as I know, but, uh, it was tough to source. I couldn't find a whole lot on Amazon, so Mm. I don't know. I think we got all the trivia here and we got that all done. So, um, Hey Matt, you have a fucking cavalcade of a fucking radio network going on. So (laughs) please plug all of your shit right now. Okay. So yeah, we have the Compañeros radio network. We have five shows. We have movie melt, uh, grindhouse and exploitation. We have get soft with Dr. Snuggles, my friends from Australia, they talk mm-hmm. about softcore movies. They are the number one softcore podcast in the galaxy. And also they the are. 
And uh, <laughs> then we have songs on trial where we play outsider music and judge whether it's guilty, not guilty or not guilty by reasons of insanity. And uh, then we have heavy leather horror show straight from the belly of the beast in Salem, Massachusetts with our friend Ken McIntyre and his crew. And then lastly, we have ball busters, which is about women kicking ass with my friend Shay, uh, Dan Gorman and uh, my other friend Carlo in Belgium. So uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it's just so many shows that uh, I had trouble remembering them all. But uh, yeah, go check them out. And also you can follow me at Duke Royal on Letterboxd if you want to see what I've been watching. And these are all great shows, by the way. I'll, uh, I'll totally back all this shit up. I'm, I'm a Patreon uh, subscriber, subscriber for you guys. So yeah. Well, then I owe you a, uh, a, a blowy. Next time we see you. Well, I mean, I mean, it's it's going to happen at some point. Uh, and, t and until then, I enjoy, you know, you know, uh, just you know. Yeah. Anybody who donates to our Patreon, I give you a blowy. Just so you know. Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. I mean, it's going to happen. Sounds like, uh, sounds like quite a quite a reward. Yeah. <laughs> quite a, quite a two dollars a month per kilo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two dollars a month. I'm. Pretty I mean, cheap. I mean, I I like Mel's. I, I like Matt's mouth. It's pretty. Uh, uh, but but Daniel, uh, tell us where we can we can find you and all that shit. I'm on Twitter at Daniel Lee Harper. If you want to go uh, follow me around and see what I'm up to, uh, I do a podcast. Oh, excuse me. Don't sound uh, so excited about it. Yeah, well, you know, I do I do another less important podcast than this one, uh, which is yeah, uh, whatever. <laughs> I track the worst people in the English speaking world um, through their propaganda and tell you what they say when they think we're not listening. Scott, I don't speak German, and if you've been listening to this podcast, I'm sure you have heard of it a time or two before. So we'll leave it at that. All right, and you can I find us that. at you can find us at tmbdos.podbean.com where you can find all of our podcasts, all the all the shit we do, you know, cape shit, fucking my blood on the tracks show I do, all that stuff. Uh, just re recently uploaded a uh, cape shit that I forgot to fucking upload like three months ago. <laughs> that was hilarious, by the way. <laughs> I, I have been that busy. I've been that much of a, a pandemic hero. Yeah, and I, yeah, that yeah. you know, I was so busy that I had to. I forgot that we did Ant Man, and it's like, oh shit, I need to upload that all of a sudden. And yeah, it's there now. So go check that out, motherfuckers. And um, until then, uh, it, it was an absolute pleasure to have you on, Matt. Uh, I always enjoy talking to you. So yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so. Real quick before I go though, what's your favorite superhero movie? Holy shit! Uh, actually, I'd probably say Superman too. Superman mm. 2, okay. Christopher Reeve, not mm -hmm. uh, the new Superman 2. Damn right. I, I'm i telling you what, man. I fucking get such a charge out of the fucking music from that film. Fucking up fucking Zod and his fucking cronies at the end of that, where the music just starts pipe, piping up and he just, like, kills those motherfuckers and... I think that's great. I love that fucking movie for that. And Planet yeah. Houston and all that shit. I I think that stuff has not been touched at all. Like I, I love a lot of the Marvel films, but I don't think that has been touched at all. I think it's mm. great. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, what about you, man? Uh I love I love the, the Donner Superman movies. Um I actually think Superman three is my favorite of the of the four. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that it has some real problems, but I think there's some really interesting stuff in that movie. Um, and I think there's some legitimately great stuff going on. In that Holy movie. shit. If you haven't rewatched wow. it lately, it's worth a rewatch. Um, you're off yeah. this fuck. You're off this fucking uh, podcast. No, it's, 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 it's cool. <laughs> um, no, I think, uh, I think actually the, uh, like spider verse would be one of my, like, Oh, that's, that's a great yeah. fucking film. Yeah. The newest one. Yeah. The new spider verse film. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Thor Ragnarok would also be up there for me. I think that's great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so well, yeah, gotta, no, there's no one like favorite, but you know, no, I, I have a, I have a, uh, on another podcast thread, I did a, uh, I did a thing with uh, Superman three, and we were just kind of like, this is way more interesting than it gets any credit for being because it's actually mostly bad, but it's bad. Like the parts of it that are good are very good, you know, like so, hmm. uh, worth worth a rewatch. You just have to not think of it as in as being of the same thing as the Donner movies. It's a just different don't... thing that it's doing. Just don't watch Superman four. <laughs> well, that one's really bad. I actually saw that one theatrically. Like <laughs> I saw it in theaters when it was when it was out there. Nuclear yeah. man. Nuclear With man. Gene Gene Hackman doing the voice for Nuclear Man. Yeah, well, that's how it goes. Canon film. Yeah. What? What? Well, well, shit. What about you, Matt? I was gonna say it sounds like we're all like Superman ish people because. Mine is a uh, super pop. You guys seen that one? No. Okay. So it's like probably 1959 unaired pilot with little people in dog costumes. Um, oh, and, I've heard of this. I've heard of this. Yes. Yeah. I highly recommend, uh, highly recommend it. It's like, um, so bark bent works for the daily beagle and um, it's people in dog costumes. that can't see the doorknobs that they're reaching for. So <laughs> and um, it's too bad that show did not get picked up, but I used to sell that on eBay back in the day, as well oh, as Fantastic man. Four, um, the Roger Corman one. That's oh, yeah, I've probably seen that a hundred times because I would watch it and rip it and then sell it off, you know, and I made sure that there was no glitches in it. So I've seen that, that way. That, too many. That's a legit enjoyable movie, yeah. I, I have I, Stockholm I like Syndrome, it. though, I like it way more than I should, probably. Yeah, yeah same here, man. Same here, yeah. Um, uh, also, the unaired Justice League pilot that Louis Teague supposedly did. Um, but uh, then I was listening to the commentary of Alligator, and he didn't do it. <laughs> so, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I, everywhere on the internet says that he did it. But um, that's another one, funny one with, like, Weatherman is the bad guy. <laughs> Holy shit. No, what? So, how, the, how the fuck do you choose that? I know. As, no. your, as your villain, Weatherman. Well, that's about X-Men 1. It's like, who are these people? You, I mean, you have Magneto and a million other bad guys, and it's like a frog guy. And <laughs> who, like, who are these people? I've never even seen these bad guys before. And then also, uh, obviously, Tim Burton's Batman is another one. Jack Nicholson's one of my favorite actors of all time. Him playing the mm-hmm. Joker. The oh, no, he, he, I mean, come on. I think I think Returns is better than than uh, the first. I think Burton's second uh, Batman film is probably. The I just like Jack Nicholson, one. so I'm like I am. Jack Nicholson is great. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with yeah, you. Yeah, no, I, 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 I would. Like, but I'm. I'm just saying, like I am so biased for Jack Nicholson. I've loved him since I was about five years old. So I'm mm-hmm. just. I, I would. I would agree that Return is the better film, but I. I do think that Jack Nicholson as the Joker is the better villain. Oh man, he's so oh, yeah. the Jack Palance is great too. Yeah, Jack, you're my number one guy. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 and I mean Jack Nicholson just kills it in that. Like 
he is one of my favorite jokers. He he might be. I think he's, he is my favorite Joker. If if you ask me at a certain time, I would say, yeah, he's my favorite Joker because yeah. he, I mean, he he kind of bleeds into like it comes afterwards, like with the animated series where they kind of retcon him as a gangster who goes crazy or whatever kind okay. of thing. Yeah, and. I, I don't know. I I just sort of retroactively kind of accept him as that and really like it. So, okay. Last uh, superhero thing before we get out of here, I just want to know because you guys have been spending time with that shit. What do you think about the Snyder Cut? <laughs> I think I think it can fuck off. Honestly, yeah. I mean, so much money into it. They also put a lot of money into the U.S. military industrial complex, and I don't no, like that either. Okay. Like, but this is an example I've never heard of. That's a slightly like, lower atrocity of the skill. Sorry, let's continue. It's fine. No, I'm just saying, like, have you ever heard of anything like this where fans say, we want you to release this alternate cut, and then $70 million later with reshoots, they go, okay, yeah, yeah, we'll do that for you. I get the, yeah. I get the feeling that it's, nobody it's going is going to gonna, be garbage. Yeah, it's I get the garbage. I, I get just, the feeling nobody's going to like this. No shit. No, it's going to be terrible. Zack Snyder's never done one good thing. I mean, Sucker Punch is probably his best thing, and that is one of the most horrendous things I've ever seen in my life. But I, it's just like he he's doing reshoots, and half the fucking cast wants nothing to do with it. And it's like, God, why, why, why do it? Not other than the f- motherfuckers, okay. Other than the fact that wanted this shit, and you're. Yeah. Getting what they want. So, Zach, uh, Zach Snyder's doing this because he's getting paid to do it. Bottom line, it doesn't matter if it's shit or not. He's going to get the money, and this is going to be crap. Like it's 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 going to just be another they thing. A, they need a big thing to launch the new streaming service from. Yeah, like, I, at least yeah. the whole cut of cats. That's what I've been saying. That's what I want to mm-hmm. see. That's what yeah. I want to see, motherfucker. Fuck fucking Snyder. Let's see the butthole cut. That's what <laughs> I actually want. Actually, can we CGI buttholes into Justice League? That would, uh, you know. You oh, man. Oh, man. Aquaman would be a totally different movie if you could see some sharks' buttholes. Oh, like... my God. <laughs> they're actually not suits. They're naked and they're tattooed. Yeah, it's Kane Hodder in a fucking shark suit, like, and you see his butthole. That's that's what it is. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad Kane Hodder's still getting work. That's that's all I want to put out there. <laughs> Even if it's butthole work, needs to make some money. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we're gonna get the fuck out of here. Uh, we're yeah, gonna we're, we're gonna done. cut this off. Uh, thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, everyone, for listening. It's uh, been fun, and we'll be back when we're back. We don't know what we're doing. We're gonna figure that out. We'll let you guys know on the Facebook page. So join the Facebook group, TMB DOS, on Facebook. And that's where you'll find out. Other than that, if if you don't do that, you're in the dark and you're an asshole and we don't want to talk to you. Bye.
Thank you for listening to They Must Be Destroyed on Site. For further episodes, our Apple Podcasts, Facebook, and YouTube links, please go to tmbdos.podbean.com. Thank you. Drive through. <laughs>